Welcome to the WP Tonic WordPress and SaaS podcast. Jonathan Denwood and his co-host Stephen Souder interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Take it away, guys. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic this week in WordPress and SaaS. Got a great guest. I haven't got my co-host. He is ill. It's getting tested today for the dreaded COVID. I wish Stephen well. I hope he hasn't got the dreaded virus that has dominated our psyche for the past two years, folks. I've got a great guest. Um, she's part of the WP Tonic Roundtable panel. She's based in Europe. She's Miss Divi. It's Tanya Quantatari. I've just destroyed <laughs> her second name. I'm going to let her do a quick intro. We're going to be discussing all things trans, um, transcription about WordPress internationalizing more about what the great leaders said in, in the word, the state of the word on Tuesday, which was also about a lot of it, about internalization and translation. So, Tanya, would you like to give a quick 20, 30 second intro to the tribe? Sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Tanya Quintieri. Um, that's an acquired Italian last name. Um, I'm American, based in... Uh, just outside of Prague in the Czech Republic. I'm 45 years old. I've been doing WordPress since about 2011, 2012. And I'm a translator. I've been doing that since 2002. And um, yeah, for myself, I brought together those two worlds um, under the brand Miss Divi. And um, I specialize in WPML. I've uh, been using that since the beginning. I have dabbed into other solutions, but honestly, nothing has really convinced me as much as WPML did. And um, yeah, wow, that's happy great. to talk about globalization today. Yeah, it's all kind of linked, isn't it? I think it makes some sense. Um, so it's going to be a great conversation. We're going to go for an advert from my major sponsor, Castos. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top-quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat-rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. Also, for the WP Tonic Tribe, Castos is just offering an amazing deal. If you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you can get your first six months at half price. That's right, half price. That's only an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Also, you'll be able to sign up for the WP Tonic weekly newsletter, which keeps you informed about all the stories and what's happening in the WP Tonic tribe. Please show your support for the show and support Castos. It's a fantastic platform. We're coming back 
support Castos, and by doing that, go to the WP Tonic recommendations page. So it's WP Tonic slash recommendations. There's some great offers there. Also a list of all the products and services that WP Tonic recommends to the WordPress community. It's all stuff that I've used or my team have used, and I have confidence that you'll find it great stuff. Plus, there's some great special offers on that page. Just go over there, be blown away. So, Tanya, so let's start in a little bit more detail. First of all, how did you get into WordPress? And then was your transitional powers there before you got into WordPress or did you get into the transitional area after WordPress? So translation came first, and that was totally by chance. Um, I, at the time, I lived in Germany, and I had two small children, and I decided to go back to school. And so I was missing income, obviously, going back to school. And so I waited tables in the evenings. And um, one evening after my shift, I was looking through a local newspaper, and the software company was looking for a translator. And I was thinking, you know what? I'm American. I know German. I can do this. Can't be that hard. Um, and, and I sent them a test translation and they were all happy. And I ended up working for them over 14 years. Um, but throughout that time, I learned how much I had no clue about translation and, and all the processes involved and, you know, the, the auxiliary tasks that come with it. And so I learned a lot about translation. I even founded an association for translators back in 2011. And um, so I'm what you would call a, a gosh, what is the English word for it? Um, oops, sorry, my monitor is going off. Um, so, so I came in like sideways into the profession. I had the expertise in marketing but um, didn't know anything about translation. And, and I started out with marketing translations. And um, as opposed to having a formal education as a translator, you know, going to university, getting your diploma, et cetera. And more and more people are actually translating like that, um, especially when they work for clients directly and not through translation agencies, because most of the translations done worldwide still go through agencies. I estimate probably about... 75 to 85% of the entire volume. And most of those translators who do work for clients directly, um, you know, be that small startups or huge global, national, uh, international firms, um, I would say a lot of them are people who came into the profession from a different angle. Right. So you, you were saying, you were saying, and I just want to point out that Tanya's been a real champion. She's not feeding 100% herself, so, but she still agreed to do the interview and it's much appreciated, Tanya. Hopefully we can push through this. Uh, um, so um, I was interested in your reply. You were saying that it's still dominated by trans and translation agencies. Can you give... Um, a little bit of insight about what they do, what maybe a freelancer that's got a project and the client is um, asking, you know, how do we, I want to offer this in various languages, this e-commerce website or this membership website. 
and they're looking at plugins, but they're also looking to hire a, um, a translation translator directly or through agency. Where do these agencies fit, and what are some of the things that you feel the audience has to know about them? Okay, so um, typically, and obviously there's always exceptions to the rules, but typically um, this is what happens. When a company has, well, first of all, many companies don't even know how to go about finding a translator or somebody that will translate their stuff, right? So they go online and obviously, you know, agencies have a higher marketing budget, et cetera. So when you type, I don't know, English translation into Chinese, the first couple of pages on Google are going to be all about, you know, agencies. And so that's how clients usually end up with, um, you know, working with agencies. The other thing is that most freelance translators are reluctant to outsource or to team up with other translators. So they usually can only offer their, their own um, language combination and usually their own area of specialization. Right. Whereas freelancers like myself, I outsource to translators who either work in other um, industries or, or have different specializations. Like I would never translate um, medical reports or patents or legal stuff. I, I just don't do that because I don't know enough about it. Right. And um, but I also have people working for me, you know, via outsourcing who translate into other languages, because that's the next thing. Oftentimes companies, and today more so than 10, 15 years ago, people will not just start, you know, okay, I'm going to have my website in French and Spanish. No, they want to have it in Italian and Swedish and, you know, God knows how many languages. And it's hard for, for translators or, or freelancers to put those kind of teams together. So it's easier for those clients to go to an agency where usually you don't have translators working directly with the agency. They're just hired on a project basis as freelancers. And what the agency does is they basically manage the project. They manage the databases that you need to have consistent translations. Um, they manage deadlines, payments, things like that. So they basically do the translation management and the recruiting, I guess. I'm going to have to right. close my window. Right. So when when you do that search as a freelancer, as a WordPress <coughs> freelancer, yeah. um, or you're a small agency in the WordPress and you've got this client and it, they they want consultation, so you do a search yourself, um, up comes all these agencies and you, you seem to indicate that they provide... Um, technology in the background or they should do or and management insight to manage a group of freelance um, uh, individuals that either they're paying direct or they're paying per project or on a kind of retainer all the ways that freelancers or self-employed people are hired um, but what what are some of the um, how does a freelance or a small WordPress agency make it? What are there any insights about any red flags around a this is just too cheap? B how can they can you give any kind of tips or insights how they can quickly make some judgment calls about probably the two to three eight 
translational agencies that they're approaching? Okay. Um, so one huge red flag is when you run into agencies that say they offer all languages, all specialized areas, you know, maybe they do. But in that case, you're probably just a, a number, you know, and they assign their, their um, what do they call it? Um, their resources. Translators hate being called resources. So um, you might end up having five different translators working on maybe 5,000 words of text just to get a quick turnaround. You know, they don't talk to each other. The translation can be inconsistent, especially when you have a project manager um, assigned to your project who doesn't even speak the target languages, you know, so they can't really have that final look at it. Um, therefore, if at all possible, I would always either go for a freelancer who is well-connected or for a small specialized agency. Yeah. And I think the best way to find those kind of contacts is really, you know, ask your business networks, ask for recommendations. Um, if, if all goes wrong, you can try to contact your local translation um, association. Uh -huh. Translators are in associations, and usually if you Google, I don't know. In the U.S., it's ATA. Um, in Germany, it's the BDU or um, DVUD. And, you know, France has theirs, and Italy, and, and basically every country. And um, usually those translators are vetted so that you know that they know what they're doing. And then, of course, when you speak to your contact, when you're actually, you know, explaining your project to them, your, your, um, uh, the problems you're having, whatever, listen if they ask the right questions, right? Yeah. Um, it should be relevant to what you're doing. Um, somebody who specializes in, in horse training, for, for lack of a better example, might not know anything about how clients of a software company would want to be addressed, right? Or wouldn't use the right terms or not find the right tone of voice. They wouldn't be able to point out cultural differences for that specific target market or the target client <clears throat> or customer. So listening for the right questions often helps a lot. Yes. Are there any kind of um, forums, online resources? Because... I think any um, any um, educated client or freelancer or, or small agencies that looking for external services, when I've ever been in that situation, Tanya, I've always gone online and done some pre-research to find out what are some of the key questions I should be asking and what and what are the right answers generally, so I can get some red flags when I'm actually approaching some possible resources. So are there some online resources that um, people can go to to find out about what are some of the questions or some insights into the general industry in general? Oh, yeah, definitely. And again, I, I would have to refer to the associations. I know there's one pamphlet that was written by a quite famous translator in, in the translation industry, obviously. And that brochure was translated into so many languages and is provided by so many associations. Um, 
I believe the name is How to Buy Translations or something like that. But um, I, I can look it up and, and share a link later. But that's oh. basically a brochure that tells people how to buy translations, you know, what to look for, what to expect. Um, but then, you know, there's a few translators who do a really good job with blogging and educating the client site. So if you go online and, and you know, just type, how do I find the best translator for my project? I'm sure there's going to be tons of stuff that pops up that is really valuable. All right. <clears throat> Fair enough. We're going to go for our break. When we come back, I'm going to be asking Tanya about the role of um, artificial intelligence, AI. How's that? And how the whole world of translational plugins in the WordPress ecosystem, some insights, some recommendations around that. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Elementor or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. Plus, if you go to the WP Tonic website, backlink newsletter, you'll get an amazing deal of the Launch Flows lifetime deal. I think you almost get a third off, which is just amazing. And it's just an exclusive offer to you, the tribe. Please show your support for Launch Flows, who's a sponsor of the WP Tonic podcast and for the show itself. It's much appreciated. Hi there, folks. Are you involved in the building of new websites or supporting WordPress websites as a freelancer or agency owner? If the answer is yes, we've got a great tool here, Avereen. As you know, you can waste a tremendous amount of time with email or phone tag with your clients around a new WordPress build-out or supporting multiple websites. It can be a real pain in the posterior. But with Avereen, you get essential interface where clients can log in and with an easy visual interface, they can show you the changes they require. It's a real game changer and it will save a tremendous amount of time and frustration, not only for yourself, for your team, also, Avareem have given us a great offer. It basically only costs you $1 to try their program. It's really fantastic. If that sounds interesting, go to the WP Tonic website, WP Tonic, backlink newsletter, and you'll be able to try this great product, like I say, for just $1. What a fantastic offer. See you soon, folks. We're coming back. Um, before we go into our questions with Tanya, I just want to say, if you want to join the conversation and be part of the tribe, please go to the WP Tonic Facebook group, Mastermind group. Um, if you post any questions for Tanya, I will post them in the supporting um, show notes and also in the weekly WP newsletter. So if you want to be part of the conversation, go there and post your questions there for Tanya. Um, that would be great, and it'd be great if you were part of the active conversation in I that group. That in that group, um, so you know the buzzwords. You know, most people in the WordPress 
listen to this podcast are either real power users or they're actively making their living in WordPress as designers, implementers, agency owners, but they're making their money from WordPress in some way. So um, their, their introduction probably, which was my own, when I got involved in a couple of projects that needed um, a, a couple of different languages, was through plugins, through the plugin and the plugin services. Can you give a quick um, outline of maybe two or three of the leading plugins and what are quickly what are some of their strengths and weaknesses based on your professional experience and insight, Tanya? Okay. Yeah, well, um, like I said, I love working with WPML just because it, it gives me as a, as a designer, web developer, whatever you want to call me, um, a very granular uh, form of control of the content that you put out there. And there's so many little satellite plugins around it where you can just really, you know, take the most or, or get the most out of, out of your translated website. Uh, one example would be they have a glue plugin for um, Yoast, the SEO solution. Not necessarily my favorite one, but in that case, you know, when, when you can put those two together like that, that is really, really neat. Um, also, it works awesome with um, WooCommerce, any WooCommerce plugin, really. And th there is a learning curve. Right. I, I don't believe that for beginners or people who don't do it regularly, um, that WPML is too easy to use just because it's so powerful. Right. Yeah. Um, sometimes I wish because I do have some products for, for freelancers, you know, where I kind of give them the basic setup of WordPress and I give them a basic design and then they can go ahead and, and fill their content and stuff. So it's kind of like a, a, a guided do it yourself thing. And sometimes I wish that for WPML, there was like a light version for, for people who don't understand, you know, um, PHP and, and all that stuff. So it's not the easiest thing to use, but if you've used it a couple of times and, and you know, you're interested in the technology behind it, um, then it's really, really good and powerful. Um, I know it's not cheap but good things never are cheap. That's at least my experience. Um, there's a few free plugins out there. Um, what, only... what do you, you know, you've made it clear that you think that's the leader of the pack, but mm -hmm. are there two others that, you know, you don't feel offer the power and um, looking for the right word, Tanya, maybe the, the core to your scope, but are there a couple that are less complicated that might not offer, you know, but are still not useless? They, you know, right. are there a couple others that you would um, push our audience maybe to look at? You know, for for simple brochure sites, um, you can definitely go with things like Polylang. Um, that's really pretty easy. Of course, it can also go the handmade route of of translating your PO files and MO files and stuff like that. But then again, you need the knowledge to do that. So if it was a really simple brochure site, you know, that doesn't have any membership functionality or um, e-commerce or events or anything like that, 
then something free like Polylang is totally fine. You know, um, I, I've heard they have a pretty decent support forum, you know, where users help each other. Um, and then, of course, there's a totally automated route that you can take, and that is um, using something like the Google Translate plugin. Um, it's just a plugin where it automatically translates the content into any language you want, like on the fly. But the translations are kind of shitty. Um, just because Google doesn't use the best machines to translate. But I have used that, for instance, for a site that had to go up super fast. It was um, a site, an information site for refugees that were coming to Germany. And they needed to provide a site where they could, you know, check information on where they could get clothes. Um, how they could get medical attention, et cetera, things like that. So basic information. And so we installed the Google Translate plugin because there was just no time to get, you know, translations in all kinds of African languages. Um, so, so that's an instance where I'm like, okay, you know, I, I can do that. I can, I can support that. But in all other cases, the more high-end your product is, the more expensive your product is, the more, I don't want to call it prestige, but, you know, sometimes when I see brands that are so fancy, you know, and they have this huge marketing yeah. um, department and stuff, yeah. and then they go into a different market yeah. and they don't give a damn about the translation, you know, and I'm, then I'm like, then leave it, it you know, don't leave. do it in the first place. If you're not, so, gonna, yeah, I'm I'm totally, yeah. I, to I totally agree with you. So I know this is going to be a difficult question, but, um, like I said previous during this interview, Tanya, the couple of times that, that I've been involved in multi-language website has been around e-commerce. Mm -hmm. um, one was a manufacturer and a sold direct. It was fireplaces and that. Um, but it was a kind of, um, yeah, I won't go into detail because they might be still in business. But um mm -hmm. Basically, they wanted Portug English, Portuguese, and I think it was German. Um, and it was a me. It was like a, a one prod, one key product with about twelve to twenty SKUs, you know, variations on on the main product. So I would classify that as small to medium. And they had a reasonable budget for development through WooCommerce. Yeah, I don't know if you. You've been involved in many um, e-commerce um, transaction in solution setups, but the parameters I've just given you to hire somebody like you and to hire somebody that could translate, let's say, German and Portuguese or Portuguese, what what kind of ball, very broad figure do you think people should be really thinking that somebody that knows what they're doing is going to quote them? I know this is a difficult question, but it's a pretty obvious question also that I would ask you, isn't it? Well, you know what? I, I don't really think it's all that difficult. Difficult is to, to determine the parameters, right? Yes. So if, um, let's say if, if a plant shop were to come to me, right? Because, um, Aside from the fact that I do marketing and, and, and IT translations, 
one of my big passions is plant indoor plants. Um, and I'd love to do a plant shop page. So, but since none of my clients are plant shop owners yet, I guess this is a good example. But I'm very knowledgeable about indoor plants, right? So if I were to translate that into English, um, first of all, I would know how to find a Portuguese translator. I wouldn't do that myself, but I would know how to. Um, and I team up with them, whatever. And assuming that I'm installing WPML, assuming that I am localizing the imagery, graphic design, et cetera, because that has to be localized as well. Um, assuming that I'm doing the research for legal grounds, because, um, you know, if you have, I don't know, a US site and you start offering your stuff in German, you become responsible to make your site legally safe for the German market, right? You'll have to start to add a legal notice. There is um, obviously GDPR stuff that you need to take into account, et cetera. And a verse translator who, who knows about e-commerce, global e-commerce, will know about these things and can point it out to you. I mean, they can't obviously give you a legal counsel or anything like that, but they can point it out. You know, like, hey, Jonathan, you're missing this and this and this, and maybe we should get a lawyer to look into this just to make it safe. Um, Right. So if I were to do all of that from setting up the tech side, doing the consulting part, outsourcing the other language that I don't speak, on my end, you're looking at an hourly rate of 129 euros, which sounds like a lot. But since I know what I'm doing, I can do more in that hour than other people, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you break that down to a word, like say you have a website, you know, with the um, privacy policy to be translated, because that's always a big chunk. Um, maybe five to 10 products, about pages, stuff like that. You're probably looking at a word count of anywhere between five and 8,000 words. If you wanted to um, calculate that down to a word price, then you'd probably be somewhere between 12, 15, 18 cent per word, depending on, you know, the, the terminology, et cetera, how much research has to be done. But that's about the ballpark that you're looking at. Right. So what would be a kind of the 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 finished off amount, you know, the the quoted amount? Are we what are we looking at four, five thousand dollars, six thousand, ten thousand? Depends 000? on how big your website is and how repetitive your text is. Um simple no. brochure website, maybe with five products. If I'd had to ballpark it per language, probably around two and a half, three thousand. Right. So what I'm attempting is is if you're listening to this, folks, and you think you're going to hire somebody that really knows what they're going to be doing, and it's for a higher price product, and um, don't think you're going to get all this done for five hundred dollars. It ain't going to happen. Um, well, you can. You're just going to get shitty results. <laughs> But it won't be great, you know. Yeah, I think we've made that quite clear. All right, I think we're coming to the end of the podcast. Are you feeling okay to continue for an extra 10 minutes? Or yeah, do you? Sure. Right, that's great. So, in the bonus content, folks, which you'll be able to watch on the WP Tonic YouTube channel and also the WP Tonic Facebook Mastermind group page. 
Um, we're going to be, I'm going to be discussing with Tanya about how artificial intelligence, how this is affecting, how it is going to be affecting this whole area a lot more in the next two years. Um, so we're going to be delving in there. And our own reaction to what Matt Marowick had to say about translation in his um, word, state of the word on Tuesday. Um, so, Tanya, how can people find out more about you and your words of wisdom around translation and everything we've just discussed? Well, um, for one, you can find me on my website, um, mrsdivi.com, M-R-S-D-I-V-I.com. Um, you can find me on, on Facebook and on Instagram, or you can just drop an email, wordpress at mrsdivi.com, and I'll be happy to schedule a call with whoever is interested in more information. That's great. If you really also want to point out to your tribe, if you've got a WordPress product service and you also want to support the show, we do offer um, sponsorship packages for the, the smaller possible sponsor. Um, from one episode to six months, um, you find all the, that packaging um, sponsorship information on WP Tonic slash sponsorship. And um, it's a great way of getting your message out to a very focused and passionate WordPress group of people. Um, also, I want to point out this is going to, if you're listening to this, this is going to be our last show of 2022. We will be back in the first week of January. Uh, me and my great co-host Stephen want to wish you a great and healthy Christmas and New Year. And thank you so much in listening to the show. It's much appreciated. And like I say, if you really want to get more involved in the discussion, and I really want you to do that, join us on the WP Tonic Facebook Mastermind group page and join the conversation there. We'll see you soon. And please join us for the bonus conversation. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 